Spellbound Theatre presents Lady Windermere's Fan by Oscar Wilde. Act Two. So strange, Lord Windermere isn't here. Mr. Hopper is very late too. You have kept those five dances for him, Agatha? Yes, Mama. Just let me see your card. I'm so glad Lady Windermere has revived cards. They're a mother's only safeguard. You dear simple little thing. No nice girl should ever waltz with such a particularly younger sons. It looks so fast. The last two dances you might pass on the terrace with Mr Hopper. Yes, Mama. <laughs> the air is so pleasant there. Mrs Cowper Cowper. Lady Stutfield, Sir James Royston, Mr Guy Berkeley. Good evening, Lady Stutfield. I suppose this will be the last ball of the season? I suppose so, Mr Dumby. It's been a delightful season, hasn't it? Quite delightful. Good evening, Duchess. I suppose this will be the last ball of the season? I suppose so, Mr Dumby. It has been a very dull season, hasn't it? Dreadfully dull. Dreadfully dull. Good evening, Mr Dumby. I suppose this will be the last ball of the season. No, I think not. I think that probably there will be two more. Mr. Rufford, Lady Jedburgh and Miss Graham, Mr. Hopper. How do you do, Lady Windermere? How do you do, Duchess? Dear Mr. Hopper, how nice of you to come so early. We all know how you are run after in London. Capital place, London. They're not nearly so exclusive in London as they are in Sydney. Ah, we know your value, Mr. Hopper. We wish there were more like you. It would make life so much easier. Do you know, Mr. Hopper, dear Agatha and I are so much interested in Australia. It must be so pretty with all the dear little kangaroos flying around. Agatha has found it on the map. What a curious shape it is. Just like a large packing case. However, it is a very young country, isn't it? Uh, wasn't it made at the same time as the others, Duchess? How clever you are, Mr Hopper. You have a cleverness quite of your own. Now I mustn't keep you. But I should like to dance with Lady Agatha, Duchess. Well, I hope she has a dance left. Have you a dance left, Agatha? Yes, Mama. The next one? Yes, Mama. May I have the pleasure? Mind you take great care of my little chatterbox, Mr. Hopper. Margaret, I want to speak to you. In a moment. Lord Augustus Lawton. Good evening, Lady Windermere. Sir James, will you take me into the ballroom? Augustus has been dining with us tonight. I really have had quite enough of dear Augustus for the moment. Mr. and Mrs. Arthur Bowden... Lord and Lady Paisley, Lord Darlington. Want to speak to you particularly, dear boy. I'm worn to a shadow. No, I don't look it. None of us men do look what we really are. <laughs> Damn good thing, too. What I want to know is this. Who is she? Where does she come from? Why hasn't she got any damned relations? Damned nuisance relations, but, but they make one so damned respectable. You are talking of Mrs. Erlin, I suppose? I only met her six months ago. Till then, I never knew of her existence. You have seen a good deal of her since then. 
Yes, I have seen a good deal of her since then. I have just seen her. Egad! The women are very down on her. I've been dining with Annabella this evening. By Jove, you should have heard what she said about Mrs. Erlin. She didn't leave a rag on her. Merrick and I told her it didn't matter much as the lady in question must have an extremely fine figure. You should have seen Arabella's expression. <laughs> but look here, dear boy. I don't know what to do about Mrs. Erlin. Egad, I might be married to her. She treats me with such demmed indifference. She's juiced clever, too. She explains everything. Egad, she explains you. She has got any amount of explanations for you. All of them different. No explanations are necessary about my friendship with Mrs. Erlin. Hem! Well, look here, dear old fellow. Do you think she will ever get into this damn thing called society? Would you introduce her to your wife? No use beating about the confounded bush. Would you do that? Mrs. Erlin is coming here tonight. Your wife has sent her a card? Mrs. Erlin has received a card. Then she's all right, dear boy. But why didn't you tell me that before? It would have saved me a heap of worry and damned misunderstandings. Mr. Cecil Graham. Good evening, Arthur. Why don't you ask me how I am? I like people to ask me how I am. It shows a widespread interest in my health. Now, tonight, I'm not at all well. Been dining with my people. wonder why it's one's people are always so tedious. My father would talk morality after dinner. I told him he was old enough to know better. But my experience is that as soon as people are old enough to know better, they don't know anything at all. <laughs> Hello, Tuppy. Here you're going to be married again. Thought you were tired of that game. You're excessively trivial, my dear boy. Excessively trivial. By the way, Tuppy, uh, which is it? Have you been twice married and once divorced, or twice divorced and once married? I say you'd been twice divorced and once married. It seems so much more probable. I have a very bad memory. I really don't remember which. Lord Windermere. I have something most particular to ask you. I am afraid, if you'll excuse me, I must join my wife. Oh, you mustn't dream of such a thing. It's most dangerous nowadays for a husband to pay any attention to his wife in public. It always makes people think that he beats her when they're alone. The world has grown so suspicious of anything that looks like a happy married life. But I'll tell you what it is at supper. Margaret, I must speak to you. Will you hold my fan for me, Lord Darlington? Thanks. Margaret, what you said before dinner was, of course, impossible. That woman is not coming here tonight. Mrs. Erlin is coming here, and if you in any way annoy or wound her, you will bring shame and sorrow on us both. Remember that. Ah, oh, Margaret, only trust me. A wife should trust her husband. London is full of women who trust their husbands. One can always recognise them. They look so thoroughly unhappy. I'm not going to be one of them. Lord Darlington, will you give me back my fan, please? Thanks. Useful thing, a fan, isn't it? I want a friend tonight, Lord Darlington. I didn't know I would want one so soon. Lady Windermere, I, I knew the time would come some day, but why tonight? I will tell her. I must. It would be terrible if there were any scene. Margaret? Mrs. Erlin. You have dropped your fan, Lady Windermere. How do you do again, Lord Windermere? How charming your sweet wife looks. Quite a picture. 
It was terribly rash of you to come. The wisest thing I ever did in my life. And, by the way, you must pay me a good deal of attention this evening. I'm afraid of the women. You must introduce me to some of them. The men I can always manage. How do you do, Lord Augustus? You have quite neglected me lately. I have not seen you since yesterday. I'm afraid you're faithless. Everyone told me so. Now, really, Mrs. Erlin, allow me to explain. No, dear Lord Augustus, you can't explain anything. It is your chief charm. Ah, if you find charms in me, Mrs. Erlin. How pale you are. Cowards are always pale. You look faint. Come out on the terrace. Parker, send my cloak out. Lady Windermere, how beautifully your terrace is illuminated. Reminds me of Prince Doria's at Rome. Oh, how do you do, Mr. Graham? Isn't that your aunt, Lady Jedborough? I should so much like to know her. Uh, Certainly. Um, If you wish it. Aunt Caroline, uh, allow me to introduce Mrs. Erlen. So pleased to meet you, Lady Jedborough. Your nephew and I are great friends. I am so much interested in his political career. I think he's sure to be a wonderful success. He thinks like a Tory and talks like a radical, and that's so important nowadays. He's such a brilliant talker, too. But we all know from whom he inherits that. Lord Allendale was saying to me only yesterday in the park that Mr. Graham talks almost as well as his aunt. Most kind of you to say these charming things to me. Did you introduce Mrs. Erlen to Lady Jedburgh? Had to, my dear fellow. Couldn't help it. That woman can make one do anything she wants. How? I don't know. Hope to goodness she won't speak to me. On Thursday? With great pleasure. What a bore it is to have to be civil to these old dowagers. But they always insist on it. Who is that well-dressed woman talking to Windermere? Haven't got the slightest idea. Looks like an edition de luxe of a wicked French novel. Especially meant for the English market. So that is poor Dumby with Lady Plymdale. I hear she is frightfully jealous of him. He doesn't seem anxious to speak to me tonight. I suppose he is afraid of her. Those straw-coloured women have dreadful tempers. Do you know, I think I shall dance with you first, Windermere. It will make Lord Augustus so jealous. Lord Augustus? Lord Augustus? Lord Windermere insists on my dancing with him first, and as it's his own house, I can't well refuse. You know I would much sooner dance with you. I wish I could think so, Mrs. Erlin. You know it far too well. I can fancy a person dancing through life with you and finding it charming. Oh, thank you, thank you. You are the most adorable of all ladies. What a nice speech. So simple and so sincere. Just the sort of speech I like. Well, you shall hold my bouquet. Ah, Mr. Dumby, how are you? I'm so sorry I've been out the last three times you've called. Come and lunch on Friday. Delighted. What an absolute brute you are. I never can believe a word you say. Why did you tell me you didn't know her? What do you mean by calling on her three times running? You are not to go to lunch there. Of course you understand that. My dear Laura, I wouldn't dream of going. You haven't told me her name yet. Who is she? She's a... a Mrs. Erlen. That woman? Yes. That is what everyone calls her. How very interesting. How intensely interesting. I really must have a good stare at her. I've heard the most shocking things about her. They say she is ruining poor Windermere. And Lady Windermere, who goes in for being so proper, invites her. How extremely amusing. 
It takes a thoroughly good woman to do a thoroughly stupid thing. You are to lunch there on Friday. Why? Because I want you to take my husband with you. He's been so attentive lately that he's become a perfect nuisance. Now, this woman is just the thing for him. He'll dance attendance upon her as long as she lets him and won't bother me. I assure you, women of that kind are most useful. They form the basis of other people's marriages. What a mystery you are. I wish you were. I am. To myself. I am the only person in the world I should like to know thoroughly. But I don't see any chance of it just as present. Yes. Her coming here is monstrous. Unbearable. I know now what you meant today at tea time. Why didn't you tell me right out? You should have. I couldn't. A man can't tell these things about another man. But if I had known he was going to make you ask her here tonight, I think I would have told you. That insult, at any rate, you would have been spared. I did not ask her. He insisted on her coming, against my entreaties, against my commands. Oh, the house is tainted for me. I feel that every woman here sneers at me as she dances by with my husband. What have I done to deserve this? I gave him all my life. He took it, used it, spoiled it. I'm degraded in my own eyes, and I lack courage. I'm a coward. If I know you at all, I know that you can't live with a man who treats you like this. What sort of life would you have with him? You would feel that he was lying to you every moment of the day. You would feel that the look in his eyes was false, his voice false, his touch false, his passion false. He would come to you when he was weary of others, and you would have to comfort him. He would come to you when he was devoted to others. You would have to charm him. You would have to be to him the mask of his real life, the cloak to hide his secret. You are right. You are terribly right. But where am I to turn? You said you would be my friend, Lord Darlington. Tell me, what am I to do? Be my friend now. Between men and women there is no friendship possible. There is passion, enmity, worship, love, but no friendship. I love you. No, no! Yes, I love you. You are more to me than anything in the whole world. What does your husband give you? Nothing. Whatever is in him, he gives to this wretched woman, whom he has thrust into your society, into your home, to shame you before everyone. I offer you my life. Lord Darlington. My life, my whole life. Take it and do with it what you will. I love you. Love you as I have never loved any living thing. From the moment I met you, I loved you. Loved you blindly, adoringly, madly. You did not know it then. You know it now. Leave this house tonight. I won't tell you that the world matters nothing, or the world's voice, or the voice of society. They matter a great deal. They matter far too much. But there are moments when one has to choose between living one's own life fully, entirely, completely, or dragging out some false, shallow, degrading existence that the world in its hypocrisy demands. You have that moment now. Choose. Oh, my love, choose. I have not the courage. Yes, you have the courage. There may be six months of pain, of disgrace even, 
But when you no longer bear his name, when you bear mine, all will be well. Margaret, my love, my wife that shall be some day, yes, my wife, you know it. What are you now? This woman has the place that belongs by right to you. Oh, go, go out of this house with head erect, with a smile upon your lips, with courage in your eyes. Or London will know why you did it, and who will blame you? No one. If they do, what matter? Wrong. What is wrong? It's wrong for a man to abandon his wife for a shameless woman. It is wrong for a wife to remain with a man who so dishonors her. You said once you would make no compromises with things. Make none now. Be brave. Be yourself. I'm afraid of being myself. Let me think. Let me wait. My husband may return to me. And you would take him back? You are not what I thought you were. You are just the same as every other woman. You would stand anything rather than face the censure of a world whose praise you would despise. In a week you will be driving with this woman in the park. She will be your constant guest, your dearest friend. You would endure anything rather than break with one blow this monstrous tie. You are right. You have no courage, none. Give me time to think. I cannot answer you now. It must be now or not at all. Then not at all. You break my heart. Mine is already broken. Tomorrow I leave England. This is the last time I shall ever look on you. You will never see me again. For one moment our lives met, our souls touched. They must never meet or touch again. Goodbye, Margaret. How alone I am in life. How terribly alone. <laughs> Dear Margaret, I've just been having such a delightful chat with Mrs. Erlin. I'm so sorry for what I said to you this afternoon about her. Of course she must be alright if you invite her. A most attractive woman, and has such sensible views on life. Told me she entirely disapproved of people marrying more than once, so I feel quite safe about poor Augustus. Can't imagine why people speak against her. It's those horrid nieces of mine, the Savile girls. They're always talking scandal. Still, I should go to Homburg, dear. I really should. She's just a little too attractive. But where is Agatha? Oh, there she is. Mr. Hopper, I am very, very angry with you. You have taken Agatha out on the terrace, and she is so delicate. Awfully sorry, Duchess. We went out for a moment and then got chatting together. Ah, about dear Australia, I suppose? Yes. Agatha, darling? Yes, Mama. Did Mr. Hopper definitely? Yes, Mama. And what answer did you give him, dear child? Yes, Mama. My dear one, you always say the right thing. Mr. Hopper? James? Agatha has told me everything. How cleverly you have both kept your secret. You don't mind my taking Agatha off to Australia then, Duchess? To Australia? Oh, don't mention that dreadful vulgar place. But she said she'd like to come with me. Did you say that, Agatha? Yes, Mama. Agatha, you say the most silly things possible. 
I think on the whole that Grosvenor Square would be a more healthy place to reside in. There are lots of vulgar people living in Grosvenor Square. But at any rate, there are no horrid kangaroos crawling about. But we'll talk about that tomorrow. James, you can take Agatha down. You'll come to lunch, of course, James. At half past one instead of two. The Duke will wish to say a few words to you, I am sure. I should like to have a chat with the Duke, Duchess. He has not said a single word to me yet. I think you'll find he'll have a great deal to say to you tomorrow. And now, good night, Margaret. I'm afraid it's the old, old story, dear. Love, well, not love at first sight, but love at the end of the season, which is so much more satisfactory. Good night, Duchess. My dear Margaret, what a handsome woman your husband has been dancing with. I should be quite jealous if I were you. Is she a great friend of yours? No. Really? Good night, dear. Awful manners young Hopper has. Ah, Hopper is one of nature's gentlemen. The worst type of gentleman I know. Sensible woman, Lady Windermere. Lots of wives would have objected to Mrs. Earl and Cumming. But Lady Windermere has an uncommon thing called common sense. And Windermere knows that nothing looks so like innocence as an indiscretion. Yes. Dear Windermere is becoming almost modern. Never thought he would. Good night, Lady Windermere. What a fascinating woman Mrs. Erlin is. She's coming to lunch on Thursday. Won't you come too? I expect the Bishop and dear Lady Merton. I'm afraid I'm engaged, Lady Jedborough. Oh, so sorry. Come, dear. Charming ball it has been. Quite reminds me of the old days. And I see that there are just as many fools in society as there used to be. So pleased to find that nothing has altered. Except Margaret. She's grown quite pretty. The last time I saw her, 20 years ago, she was a fright in flannel. Positive fright, I assure you. The dear Duchess and that sweet Lady Agatha. Just the type of girl I like. Well, really, Windermere, if I am to be the Duchess's sister-in-law... But are you... Oh, yes. He's to call tomorrow at 12 o'clock. He wanted to propose tonight. In fact, he did. He kept on proposing. Poor Augustus. You know how he repeats himself. Such a bad habit. But I told him I wouldn't give him an answer until tomorrow. Of course I'm going to take him. And I dare say I'll make him an admirable wife, as wives go. And there is a great deal of good in Lord Augustus. Fortunately, it is all in the surface just where good qualities should be. Of course, you must help me in this matter. I am not called on to encourage Lord Augustus, I suppose. Oh, no. I do the encouraging. But you will make me a handsome settlement, Windermere, won't you? Is that what you want to talk to me about tonight? Yes. I will not talk of it here. <laughs> then we will talk of it on the terrace. Even business should have a picturesque background, should it not, Windermere? With a proper background, women can do anything. Won't tomorrow do as well? No, you see, tomorrow I am going to accept him. And I think it would be a good thing if I were able to tell him that I had... Well, what shall I say? Two thousand a year left to me by a third cousin or second husband or some distant relative of that kind? It would be an additional attraction, wouldn't it? You have a delightful opportunity now of paying me a compliment, Windermere. But you are not very clever at paying compliments. I'm afraid Margaret doesn't encourage you in that excellent habit. It's a great mistake on her part. When men give up saying what is charming, they give up thinking what is charming. But seriously, what did you say to 2,000? Uh, 2,500, I think. 
In modern life, margin is everything. Windermere, don't you think the world an intensely amusing place? I do. To stay in this house any longer is impossible. Tonight, a man who loves me offered me his whole life. I refused it. It was foolish of me. I will offer him mine now. I will give him mine. I will go to him. Arthur has never understood me. When he reads this, he will. He may do as he chooses now with his life. I have done with mine as I think best, as I think right. It is he who has broken the bond of marriage, not I. I only break its bondage. Is Lady Windermere in the ballroom? Her ladyship has just gone out. Gone out? She's not on the terrace? No, madam. Her ladyship has just gone out of the house. Out of the house? Yes, madam. Her ladyship told me she had left a letter for his lordship on the table. A letter for Lord Windermere? Yes, madam. Thank you. Gone out of her house. A letter addressed to her husband. No. No, it would be impossible. Life doesn't repeat its tragedies like that. Oh, why does this horrible fancy come across me? Why do I remember now the one moment of my life I wish to forget? Does life repeat its tragedies? Oh, how terrible. The same words that 20 years ago I wrote to her father, and how bitterly I have been punished for it. No, my punishment, my real punishment is tonight, is now. Have you said goodnight to my wife? Yes. Where is she? She is very tired. She has gone to bed. She said she had a headache. I must go to her. You'll excuse me? Oh, no, it's nothing serious. She's only very tired, that is all. Besides, there are people still in the supper room. She wants you to make her apologies to them. She said she didn't wish to be disturbed. She asked me to tell you. You have dropped something. Oh, yes, thank you. That is mine. But it's my wife's handwriting, isn't it? Yes, it's an address. Will you ask them to call my carriage, please? Certainly. Thanks. What can I do? What can I do? I feel a passion awakening within me that I've never felt before. What can it mean? The daughter must not be like the mother. That would be terrible. How can I save her? How can I save my child? A moment may ruin a life. Who knows that better than I? Windermere must be got out of the house. That is absolutely necessary. But how shall I do it? It must be done somehow. Oh, Dear lady, I am in such suspense. May I not have an answer to my request? Lord Augustus, listen to me. You are to take Lord Windermere down to your club at once and keep him there as long as possible. You understand? But you said you wished me to keep early hours. But do what I tell you. Do what I tell you. And my reward? Your reward? Your reward? Oh, ask me that tomorrow. But don't let Windermere out of your sight tonight. If you do, I will never forgive you. I will never speak to you again. I'll have nothing to do with you. Remember, you are to keep Windermere at your club and don't let him come back tonight. Well, really, I might be her husband already. Positively, I might. fan was written by Oscar Wilde. It starred Katie Herbert as Lady Windermere and Lady Cowper Cowper. 
Erica Sanderson as Mrs. Erlin and Lady Stutfield, Andrew Shaw as Lord Windermere, Gareth Johnson as Lord Darlington, Jackie Dan as the Duchess of Berwick, Emily Pugh as Lady Agatha, Robert Aldington as Lord Augustus, TJ Lee as Mr. Hopper, Andrew Faber as Mr. Dumby, Alistair Sanderson as Cecil Graham, Mary Hall as Lady Jedburgh, Hannah Rogers as Lady Plymdale, and David Alt as Parker. Music was by Johannes Bornloff and sound recording by Stefan Medhurst. It was produced by Dario Knight and directed by Andrew Faber for Unbound.